the Living Strong Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kim Sellers, and we welcome you. This here is our opportunity to sit back and talk about so many issues that affect those, those of us living with multiple sclerosis. As many of you know, MS has no known cause or no known cure. It's been one of those illnesses it's kind of been a mystery that's over the last 70 years. So what are we going to do? Well, the more we talk, the more we educate ourselves, the better we like to say that we'll get. So, of course, I love just sharing different stories because although many of you know my story, the radio girl who worked in radio was diagnosed with MS after running in the race for the cure, and then decided to um, share her story and start a foundation. Most of you pretty much know my story, but it's really not all about me. It's all about you, and I love to share stories of others who I've come across who not only have been living with the mess, but have been doing it pretty doggone well. Our guest today is Janae Paisley, and Janae comes to us from... Well, I can't keep up with this girl. She was in Detroit. She moved from Detroit to Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, Denver? Virginia. Oh, well, I skipped one. My bad. <laughs> Virginia. I have a bit of Denver. And then from Virginia to Houston. All right, and now she's in Houston. <laughs> Please welcome today, Paisley, everyone. Yay. Now, Hello. <laughs> so I wanted to sell everyone how we met you know back in the day I don't want to say back in the day but it's been about maybe 10 years today oof it's been a little longer than 10 years As it's it probably been, been a 12 about 12 years mm-hmm. wow you were a student at Kent State you were doing yep. a fundraiser for mm-hmm. MS yeah and uh, an, an incredible fashion show and that's mm-hmm. how we met and I'll let you tell your story Okay. Um, so I was diagnosed with MS when I was um, 19. Okay. And um, I started showing symptoms at 18. Um, what, were, what were some of those symptoms? Um, I had a skin sensation or loss of skin sensation. So, you know, the feeling of like um, when a part of your arm goes to sleep or yes. a leg or something like a leg cross or something like that and something falls asleep mm-hmm. it, it was that feeling and so um, I said something to a doctor and they said that I pinched a nerve but I know I hadn't done anything to pinch a nerve it didn't feel like a pinched nerve it was really weird and it was in a random spot okay. and so the next year um, I had the same thing happen but except uh, I was in college at this point, and I was at Grambling State University, 
and um, I had it was the whole left side of my body. The entire. So I was like, okay, yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is this ain't normal. And so um, I went to the emergency that night, and they sent me to um, a neighborhood neurologist. Um, my college was in a small town, so it was like in a town over. And so um, that doctor ran a series of tests and all kinds of things, and then said that it looks like it messed him, but he's not going to diagnose me if I am, you know, going to the Cleveland Clinic and they haven't diagnosed me. And so I'm like, okay, so we made appointments. Yeah, well, he he pretty much was sure about it. He was just like, if they say it's a pinched nerve, then I would imagine that they would know better than me. And that that was his take on it. But he he was a good doctor. He um, communicated with them. They kept open communication. They share information with him. So when I went back down there, um, I could still, you know, be treated or be seen if necessary. Um, he just felt like the little tests and stuff he did, he saw it. He was like, I, I don't know why they don't see it. <laughs> um, wow. So, yep. what, what, so what were they? Were they looking for the lesions on your brain? Or were they looking for um, spots? Responses. Spine? He did nerve tests. He, okay. um, in the facility that he had, it was very small. Um, and so they didn't have a whole lot of things. That was part of, part of his issue too, because he's like, they got all kinds of stuff and he just assumed that they did it. Um, but they didn't until he said that. So when I went back, um, I went to go see somebody, you know, specific. And um, we went through a series of tests. I had a spinal tap, um, I had MRI, they took the information from his um, nerve test and they did a few more other things. But um, yeah, after that, they did say that it looked like MS, but they wanted to still monitor. So here you are, a 19-year-old. You're in college at the peak of your life. Excited, wanting them, you know, to run around and be that college Mm -hmm. girl, be that girl. And here you are taking tons tons of different tests now what's going through your mind are you afraid at this point um yes so at this point I'm probably halfway through my freshman year and um I am feeling nervous but I'm also feeling a huge sense of urgency because I know right now I'm cool but I don't know what I'm gonna look like what type is gonna look like later so I felt like I needed to get some things done. Um, so what did you know about MS at that time? At that time, the only thing I knew about MS was that um, people didn't walk anymore. Oh my God. And that's it. That's it. And so I'm 19 years old and I'm like, okay, I'm a model, right? Cute. And I'm like, right. oh, I'm not going to be able to walk in a minute. Oh no, no, no. That's not anybody's story. Only thought. No, God, no. Obviously, I'm one of those people. Right. So. So, yeah. So, what did you do for treatment-wise? For what did they recommend? Um, So, it was recommended from my doctors that um, I started, we didn't start, I think we monitored for about a couple of months. 
And then when I got out of school that semester, we went back. Um, I started physical therapy there. And then um, I kept doing stuff once I came back to Cleveland. And um, we got on shots. So I started taking um, Avonex. Wow. So intramuscular, um, inner ferron, beta, ferron, something like that. So mm-hmm. Avonex. <laughs> once a week um so they came out they taught me how to do that and I did that for a while and I'm still taking it so, so I've been years? on it ever since how many years 12 years 12 years wow so now your, your parents must be going crazy at this time going crazy why when you were just being diagnosed oh, at this moment yes um Yes. Yeah, so my my dad was um, my my dad is a he didn't really know either. He kind of knew he kind of knew what I knew. So that just what I guess maybe was the narrative at the time or what, what people heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom is is a nurse, so she had a lot of different perspectives of it. Um, however. She kind of, because she's a nurse, she kind of took the um, stance of it could be worse. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it could be way worse than this. And so that's kind of where we all took it. Right. Like, oh, okay. We got this. We can handle this. Um, And that's, you know, that's how we, that's how we ran with it from there. But they weren't necessarily, they didn't share their fears a lot, but I could tell in their actions that they were uh, fearful at times. So what did this um, diagnosis do? What did it do for your relationships? For my relationships with um, everyone or my parents? Just everyone, just everyone, friends. Um. So my diagnosis, I went from being the strong person. I went from being um, the person everybody could depend on to all of a sudden being the sick one. And so that was interesting but I don't think it changed the dynamics of many of our relationships I think if anything um I changed I don't think I don't think most of my relationships changed due to it um and how did you change I uh became a advocate for myself Mm -hmm. um I started to research things I started to um, be a seeker of knowledge. Um, I started to act um, and, and take control of my health. So I changed as a person, which naturally changed my relationship. But, um, and that was a big part of that, of that desire to change. So are you dating? I am dating. Are you? Wow. <laughs> I am dating. So does that. Um, go ahead. Does he know? Yes. And how has that been? Um, he's learning. It's it's a good thing. Um he is not familiar with MS. Um there is it is not as popular here as it is in other places that I've lived. Mm-hmm. Um so people down here kinda have the same fear that I once had, like, oh, that's a really bad condition. Right, everything right. is really bad yeah <laughs> to the right. person going through it right, right. you know <laughs> if, if that's how you feel <laughs> so um but he is very supportive 
he um, is eager to learn. He's comfortable with whatever. He asks questions um, when he feels necessary. But at this point, it's so normal to me. It's just normal to whoever else is around, too. Um, You know, he'll see... He'll see the medicine in the refrigerator. I think I eat, I have medicine in his refrigerator oh. at his place. <laughs> and uh, so he knows that it has to stay refrigerated. So he's learning. And um, every once in a while, he'll notice my Band-Aid on my, on my leg. And he's like, oh, you took a shot. Yeah. And that's that. You feeling okay? And then we'll go from there. Um, so talk I do to oh, go ahead. Geek. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was getting ready to say that I do fatigue sometimes. Um, just out and about walking and things like that and I just tell him and he's like oh okay cool <laughs> and then and, that's that. and, and when you go through fatigue how does it affect you everybody's different we know that how does it affect you um fatigue for me is just I'm really tired and then um my legs will get tight um and so I know I need to slow down I need to give them a break typically I just need to stretch um so I don't get fatigued a lot just because of my lifestyle. Um, I eat pretty good. I do. I'm a yoga teacher now. Don't so me. I do yoga every day. <laughs> um, so I don't fatigue as much. It's just when I'm doing high activity, you know, things. Any other um, limitations? No, I don't have any limitations. Thank God. I don't have any limitations right now. God is good. Very much so. God is good. So let's talk about your journey and moving forward. What would you like to see be different in your life right now? Um, in regards to MS or just yes. in general? Uh, in regards know. to MS, both? Okay. Um, I don't know. I would probably... Um, answer this differently if I had moments to reflect but um, right away I would say that I would have done the things that I wanted to do sooner like what? and that's probably as close yeah that's probably as close to um, you know my truth as possible in that quick second I would have done the things that I was afraid to do because I had MS Um, the things that I said oh I don't want to start this right now because I might not be able to whatever later or mm-hmm. let me hurry up and do this right now because this is most important. This is going to pay off the most for me in the long run. Um, I'm, I prepared a lot to not be able to do things and I should have not necessarily had that mindset wow. um, in the beginning. Yeah, that's I think so I was like, oh. That's so funny because for me, that was kind of the complete opposite. Mm. I kept doing and doing and doing and then I realized hey you can't do all that anymore but it took me some time to Mm. really come to grips with that so so what's going on now you have been just wonderful you got your college degree Mm -hmm. you got that first job as a as an as an educator is that right and you've moved from city to city Living your yes. best life, for I love it. What keeps you going? And, and tell us about those different stops. Um, what keeps me going is definitely um, the flourish that I've experienced, the bloom and the blossom 
um, that I've been conscious and been aware of over the past couple of years. Um, my wellness is number one in my life. I don't put that second to anything, mental, physical, everything. Um, I want that to be my life going forward. So I am an educator right now. However, I am um, looking forward to my next phase of life being um, more in the wellness field. I want to inspire other people, particularly women, to um, take charge of their lives too. A lot of things we think just happen to us. Um, not realizing that we do have some say in um, how some of the things turn out. So you keep saying wellness. Yeah. What, what exactly have you found that works best for you? I know you mentioned yoga. Is there anything else? Um, the number one thing in which has gotten me all the way to this point is um, my mindset. Having a positive mindset, not... Um, not allowing my energy to be um, manipulated or disrupted, being um, a learner, being a person that desires to grow, um, that will probably be like the number one thing uh, that gets me going. And then it, that just leads me to everything else that I do, the yoga, eating right, everything else. What would you like to share with others? who have either recently been diagnosed or that have been living with MS now for some time, what would you like to tell them? Um, educate yourself on the condition. Educate yourself on the research. Um, read other people's stories. Connect with other individuals um, one way or another just so you can have a well-rounded look at MS. It looks so many different ways for so many people. Um, also be in touch and in tune with your body listen to what's going on um, don't hesitate to take a step back advocate for yourself when you need things um, and don't allow people to make you sicker than you are <laughs> absolutely as a matter of fact I even like to call them survivors a lot mm -hmm. of times people say we're sick and I say I'm not sick as a matter of fact I had a young lady who um, used to help me as a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And she started working, and then her boyfriend was like, hey, you said that you were not going to take care of any more sick people. And she said, damn, give me sick. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but I loved it. Yep. I appreciate it. That, yep. you know, because I don't look at myself as being as sick. sick mm -hmm. Do I feel good every day? No. But I definitely, you know, continue my fight as well. You know, Janae, I love you, girl. We got I together. And it feels like we've always known each other. I feel like we're really family. Mm -hmm. And she and her mom, we met at one of our seminars with the Kim Sellers Foundation. Then they thought they were going to move away and get away easy. But I tracked <laughs> them down. I got you. We ain't never leaving you. <laughs> oh, God, no, y'all ain't leaving. I don't go away that easy, no, girl. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh, God, thank God. And thank God for people like you, Janae. We thank you so much for sharing your story. Please, you know, connect with others. Listen to some of the things that she said. Because it is so important. The Kim Sellers Foundation 
Project is hosting another seminar now, which is going to be hybrid. We're going to do it um, you know, virtually or on site. So we'd love for you to join us. It's going to be at the Providence Baptist Church. That is the Euclid location, the Euclid location. And then we will have all the call-in information so you can join us. So please look on our website, look on Facebook, look on our, our Instagram account. As soon as we get that together, we'll make sure that you have it as well so that we can all connect. Connect and stay connected forever. Janae Paisley, baby girl, we thank you. Thank you so much. So, righty, this has been another edition of the Living Strong Podcast with Kim Salas. Until next time. Mm-hmm.